Good afternoon, Amber University. Coming to you live from Compton Hall. This is the Cry to Laugh podcast. Starring. Welcome. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. Just undermining me. That's fine. That's me. Starring AJ Marie and Colin Mazer. That's uh, me. So uh, for anyone who's new to the show, every week, me and my co-host, Colin Mazer, who you heard rudely interrupt me. During That's what I do. Uh, we talk about current events and stuff going on in the world. Uh, Colin has a pretty uh, optimistic attitude when it comes to uh, the world. I have a bit of a uh, pessimistic attitude towards the world, Colin. Yeah. Um, and each week we try to convince the other how our point of view is right. Um, so, without further ado, we can... Uh, well, before we begin the show, how you doing today, Colin? How am I doing today? Yeah. It's a good day. It's First, chilly out. Wearing yeah. two, two pairs of pants... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Why don't you tell the radio listeners what you're doing right now? Well, actually? so, all right. So I have these lounge pants that are really comfy, and I'm wearing them underneath a pair of jeans because the jeans have holes in them, like big holes in the knees. Um, so I'm wearing my lounge pants underneath, and uh, I think AJ is judging me a little bit for it because they're showing through, and they, they say Budweiser all over them. Um, it's it's not the but it's the fact that you're wearing pajama pants underneath a pair of jeans. Yeah, I the mean, jeans are already ruined because they have holes in them, and now you just have pajama pants protruding crudely from it, and it's like a bright it's red. It's comfy, and I designed my outfit, you know, like around the red. Like I put on red in my shirt and a red hat and stuff. It reminds me of like one of those hobos <laughs> with the patches. Yeah. So if you see if you see me walking around on campus, I'm the one with the with the red pants under his pants yeah make sure to go shame him yeah come and shame me say hi <laughs> maybe some people will think it's like a bold um fashion choice probably a lot of art students yeah they'll perhaps like, they'll think you're brave or something you're proving a statement or something totally but anyway oh but anyway colin yeah aj are you ready to start the show i am ready uh you want me to get us rolling with one of my good positive happy yeah, go lay, lucky lay, news lay stories me, lay, lay me on some of your uh, your your happy stuff Colin. oh you guys, right you know Colin, you know everyone loves him he's real happy it's my theme song oh okay yeah, um enough of that. uh i sort of have a little bit of a theme going here i've got a couple uh animal themed stories here today you want to hear one of those oh boy sure do okay. i all right i'll start with this one you um, had an animal themed story last week too I did. Which one was that? The deer. Oh, that's right. Stuck in a bucket. Yeah, Halloween spooky deer got his head stuck in a bucket. Yeah, who gets their head stuck in buckets? <laughs> Deers, <laughs> or deer, I guess. Uh, anyway, uh, so this one, um, this is about uh, you know the California wildfires that uh, that have been ravaging California. Yeah, but when aren't they? Let's be real here. That's a Come good on. point. <laughs> Specifically, um, after the wildfires in uh, last month in October, um, people ended up losing their pets uh, as people were evacuating their homes because oh, of sucks. smoke and fires. Um, they didn't have time. Specifically, more uh, this article is talking about cats because people weren't be, weren't able to find their cats in their homes as they were trying to evacuate. But this story from the Huffington Post. Uh, is about how people are becoming reunited with their pets. Um, so a lot of reunions involve uh, cats from people's homes that went missing after the fires, and a lot of them are coming back home. People are finding them because of their uh, their their chips that they had implanted that they can find them by GPS. Scary. Big um, brother. <laughs> they're just cats. Um, just cats, Colin. They're an integral part to the family unit. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I, I don't know what I would do without my cat, Corn Dog. Um, 
Oh. AJ loves corn dog, don't you, AJ? I well, I feel like well, we'll wait until you're done with this story. Okay. But we should tell the story about when we had a severe weather event oh, and that's what we right. had to do with our cat. Yeah, that definitely has to do with the story. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Um, uh, but so the Tribuco family uh, is one of the families that's talked about in this article. Uh, they have uh, a dog, three kids, and two cats. And uh, as they were evacuating their homes, one of the cats, uh, they actually got all of their animals and their kids uh, heading towards the car, but one of their cats freed himself and ran away, and they were all crying, and it was like so sad champ. at that part of the story when I was reading it. But then uh, a while later, a few weeks later, actually, they it, were able to find their cat again, and their cat's name was, uh, I want to say it was something weird like Stan or Jake few weeks, or something. Huh? Yeah, they ended up finding their cat again because they had a little... Uh, Tracking chip well, from the vet. I'm, I, I mean, there's a dark side of this story. What was Stan or whatever the cat doing for those few weeks to survive? How uh, many rabbit families had to be horribly <laughs> killed? Shut up, AJ. It's a happy story of him being reunited with his family. Well, he kind of ran away. Maybe he didn't want to be reunited with the family. Uh, the Sonoma Humane Society, Sonoma County Animal Services, and UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine and the uh, Marin Humane Society are among many groups accepting donations online for animals affected by the fires. Um, and they are taking in uh, animal, like stray animals that are found that used to have owners and are now uh, homeless, much like uh, we'll just call him Stan the Cat because I don't, I don't remember what his name was. I'm pretty sure it was Stan. Oh, no, it was Luke. Luke, Luke the, cat. the Cat. Yep. Yeah, he ran away. Luke and his brother, Cat Jake. <laughs> <laughs> wait. I mean, just kind of name, wait, tangent. Just naming your pets, like, normal names. Yeah, like especially, Steven. Especially when you have, like, three kids already. Yeah. And a dog. It's kind of weird to me. So I wanted this to be a bad story like, this for this This is my family. cat, Stanley. This is my cat, uh, uh, Fred. Do you know what this story shows you? That the people that who have the least amount of imagination always make it out okay. The people who strive for imagination with cool cat names, things don't go as well. I don't necessarily know that that's the moral of the story, but uh, I'll let you think that if that's what you want. <laughs> but Colin, to put this into a real-life real scenario, Yeah. Oh yeah. why don't you talk about a few days ago when we had that horrible tornado. Yeah, we were having... Where Severe thunderstorm and tornado warnings here in Edinburgh. That, yeah, most people would know in this area. About yeah, it, most yeah. people who listen are from Edinburgh. So you know, you knew what was happening. Uh, our roommate uh, was very scared. He was out at the moment. I don't remember what he was doing, Crying, but he gives sobbing. me a, he gives me a call. He says, "Please hurry. Uh, there's there's th there's 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 tornado warnings, and we need to go. Do you want me to come and pick you guys up?" And AJ were no. like, "Yeah." AJ was like, uh, "I mean, not really. I think we'll be fine." But uh, it was. AJ and me and my friend and Corndog at the apartment. And uh, I s my friend and I both said, uh, we should go. So we went. So Dylan came and picked us up. We found Corndog and brought him with us well, in the let's, car. Well, let's talk first. I contemplated with you if we bring the cat or not. I forgot. AJ went, are we going to bring Corndog? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I guess we have to. I mean, I particularly didn't want to. I yeah. was more concerned about getting, like, food. Yeah, he AJ grabs four hot pockets out of the freezer to, for us to live off of. <laughs> well, yeah, in uh in our roommate's parents' basement, um, and then I grab the cat and I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm bringing this cat to another house. I don't have a litter box or food for him. What if we're in there for a long time? You didn't even bring him in a crate. You cradled him like a little yeah, baby. Yeah, I just grabbed him and coat. stuffed him in my jacket. Well, I didn't stuff him. I lovingly 
uh, cradled. cradled him in my jacket. Yeah, um, we don't want Pete again on this. And we went we went to this basement, and uh, our roommate's mom was very good and helpful with taking care of Corn Dog. But it was a weird experience because it was the first time Corn Dog had been to a new place in a while, and uh, it's very spooky. But we're, we were in that basement for what like. 20 or 30 minutes and yeah, then we just you went guys, home <laughs> you guys were overreacting it ended at 7 15 we're like all right that was fun bye glad we brought corn dog <laughs> it's kind of crazy that tornado just a little off top well not off topic i've had class canceled uh because my i've had a professor whose um driveway had a giant tree just fallen and oh yeah kind of trapped in there so like for the last few days i've had a couple classes canceled mm-hmm. similar scenario so yeah that was kind of a big deal yeah first major weather warning in Edinburgh. Hopefully not the last for the school year. I don't want anyone to die, but less and less class without, you know, you know, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I like to learn. I encourage learning to all our listeners out there. Go learn, kids. So, Colin, is that the end of your wonderful little happy story? That's essentially it for that one. It was just a nice little opener. I think it's time that we move on to something a bit more solid. Oh. And there's a lot of solemn things to talk about. This oh, week. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, I've been dreading. I've been dreading this conversation. First off, from cute, cuddly animals to massacres in Texas. Yeah. Let's talk about let's, that. Let's so, talk about that. What do you know about? Uh, do you know much information uh, about the uh, shooting that happened in Texas? I don't know that much about it actually. Um, I took some time and I was reading about um, what was going on in New York, but I I didn't. Uh, I didn't look into the Texas shooting. Why don't oh, we talk about I, that? Oh, man, I forgot there was a thing oh, you in didn't, New York. Oh, we're not talking about that today? I don't know. Oh, uh, wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like, that kind of shows that we're kind of living in a horrible time because I'm like, that's old news. That was, like, maybe five days ago. Yeah. This was two days ago. So I'm like, this is hot and fresh. That's old and lame. Yeah. And, uh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, no, in Sutherland Springs. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is a suburb outside of San Antonio. I think San Antonio is the uh, nearest city to this small town. Okay. Um, 26 people were gunned down at a First Baptist church oh. on Sunday Mass. Uh, very chilling details have emerged from uh, the uh, shooter, whose name is Devin P. Kelly, 26-year-old, 26-year-old, this is all coming from the Washington Post. Mm. He was dishonorably discharged from the military. Oh, wow. Because he had um, domestic abuse um, charges placed against him. He was, oh, wow. He was um, convicted of strangling, pummeling, and beating his wife. Wow. And her young child, not his child, but her young child. Um, there's details about the ways that he methodically went after the people in this church. Um, but the biggest scandal seems to be that, um, protocols, either some, something happened in the military from the military's point of view Mm -hmm. or from wherever he bought his weapons from, Mm -hmm. he should not have been able to buy, because his firearms were legally bought. Oh no. Um, but with a domestic abuse charge, he should not have been uh, able to purchase a gun. This guy was a scary guy. Yeah, it he sounds was, like it. He was basically, in all intents and pers- per- all, what's the term? All intents and purposes. All intents? Yep. 
intense. Intense. You know, like intense. Like my intent is to blah. Well. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, for all intents and purposes, he was a bad guy. Like he basically spent a year kind of in the prison, in, 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 like imprisoned by the military. He was kind of just kind of shoved into his barracks mm-hmm. and wasn't allowed to leave his base for wow. for close to a year. Or maybe it was um, exactly a year. Then he was dishonorably discharged. He, The motive is so bizarre in the story. We need more to come out. It's almost as bizarre as the Las Vegas shooter uh-huh. where he just kind of – that's even scary because he just kind of seemed to have just done that yeah. out of the blue. Yeah. This gentleman had a lot of anger towards his mother-in-law, mm-hmm. his in-laws, and I don't know. He either cracked or vent, tried to vent his frustrations by going to – this church and shooting and killing 26 people more than two dozen people are injured there's still tons of people in in the hospital in the wake of this uh event i've noticed some articles that have uh sort of pointed out the correlation between domestic abuse and um shootings um like uh you know mass shootings etc um and I skimmed through a few of these articles, and it's it's sort of interesting to see, uh, you know, the correlations that are actually there um, when you look into it. Of course, you know, not all the time, but uh, people who uh, are more likely to do, you know, domestic abuse towards their family are also you know, uh, more likely to commit, uh, uh, you know, murders like this. And so it's uh, it's unfortunately not... That's surprising, and it's really a shame that you see things like this so often nowadays. And so many people become affected by it because mm-hmm. that's 26 people dead. How many How many people know 26 people? Yeah, the families and friends of all these people. Yeah, and not even that, just passerbys. There's a story yeah. in this Washington—I'm not going to go over all of it, but in this Washington Post article, they basically tell the story how—because across the street from the uh, church is a gas station. Mm-hmm. And so some people at the gas station saw just kind of like a guy in black go into the church. Mm-hmm. And then there's gunfire that starts breaking out. Holy Everyone's freaking crap. out there. And then a bloodied man came running out of the church straight into the convenience store telling them about a shooter on the loose. Holy crap. Now, this is an interesting story about this, too, because this um, man was um, incapacitated by just a fellow citizen, Mm -hmm. a citizen who had a uh, firearm of his own, walked into the church, shot the shooter. The shooter escaped and then killed himself, I believe, 20 minutes later before the police could apprehend him. So that's led to a debate as well of um, if, you know, there should be or should not be more guns. And, you know, that's always going to be. And that's always going to happen. You know, Um, I'm of the opinion. I'm of the opinion. I feel that if a lot of people in that church had firearms there could have been a lot more people accidentally killed and shot than 26 yeah but i don't know there are people that who have arguments that maybe could sway me i'm not sure Mm -hmm. though um the gun issue at least to me used to be a very important um issue to me over the years it's just kind of weighed to the side because I, I hate to say it i think me and i think for i speak for a lot of people we've become desensitized to it mm-hmm. this stuff happens all the time yeah i mean literally can we even go a week anymore and not uh, have a mass shooting it feels like we can't because it's just been it's a climate of violence at, at this point in this country 
in one of my classes, we actually talked about this year there have been the year's not over yet and we've had mm-hmm. 200 mass shootings in America. Yeah, that's a mass shooting a is classified as three or more people shot. Mm-hmm. So, and that's crazy. That's yeah. something needs to be done to address it, but as what happens every time around, people just kind of argue and then it falls by the wayside mm-hmm. and it falling by the wayside only benefits a certain segment of people. Yeah. People who Sell the firearms, in my opinion. There's nothing wrong with owning guns. I know tons of people who are owning guns, but Mm -hmm. there needs to be, I believe, a conversation about, you know, can someone have a clip that can just unload so quickly or not? But that's a conversation that will have to be had for another day. I personally don't want to have it right now. Yeah, this problem needs to be solved, but who are we to say that we know exactly how to solve and what to do right now? That's not really why we're here. Perhaps in the future we can get uh, two people on these... Ooh, I actually have a good good idea. We'll Ooh, talk about that? it in the future. No, oh, okay, no, we'll, talk we'll talk about, about it in the future. future. Okay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, <laughs> listeners. There may be something really cool coming up next year, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Hey, AJ, why don't we go to a quick break? A break, Kong. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go to a break real quick, everybody, and uh, we'll be back in one minute. I just die a little bit more each time. I'm in college and I'm listening to this right now. This is the song that we chose to play on our radio. (laughs) This is our joke of the day song. That's enough of that. You know what that song means, listeners? It's time for the joke of the day. And as you know, as our longtime listeners know, we only pick the highest highest quality quality jokes. Best jokes of the day. You know, it's basically like George Carlin is in the room right now. Pretty much. It's gonna be that, or he's rolling in his grave. Well, that one. So, Colin. Yes, sir. It's the first week of November. It is. Um, it's No Shave November right now. Oh, I've actually been following No Shave hey, November. Hey, me too. Oh, Not I that f- I have much to shave. I look normally. like a homeless person. <laughs> um, but last week was Halloween, so it was very hard. I wanted to find a joke mm-hmm. that combined the sweetness of November with the spooky of October. Yeah. And I believe I found it. Are oh, you ready wow. to be blown? We're your in funny that perfect bone to be sweet spot for it right now. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. That sweet spot. Are you ready for your funny bone to be exploded with oh, the sweet I'm ready. spot of this you're not joke? Just, you're not just going to tickle it. You're going to explode my funny bone. Oh, yeah. Explode <laughs> my bone, AJ. Hey, Colin. Yeah. What November holiday is Dracula's favorite? What is it? It's Fang's is it Fang's giving, Colin. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 joke. So good. I think we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere, AJ. That's loud. Oh, <laughs> okay, God. that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, who's next? All right, what, 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 what's next? Well, you know, that was a pretty uplifting, happy joke. I'm ready for some more happy, uplifting uh, stories, Colin. All right, I got this cool one about a little dog named Chili. Uh, so this is a story about um, pest control, actually. And a dog named Chili. So Chili is, uh, I forget what kind of dog, uh, oh, a two-year-old Belgian shepherd. And Chili is the first ever dog that uh, has been certified to save bell peppers. Um, To save what? (laughs) Bell peppers. So major bell pepper farms were struggling with pests, um, and they were not able, they they were starting to, like, go out of business, places that, 
develop bell peppers <laughs> uh, because of the pests. And But they found out, they were thinking about, they're like, what's something new that we can do to get rid of pests? What's a new angle? And they were like, what if okay. we take a dog and we train it to smell the pests and then we kill the pests with the help of the dog? And so they did that, and it worked really, really well. The dog, Chili is, okay, this is a quote from Chili's handler, Tina Hyde. Chili is actually really, Wait, really on. good. Okay, hold go on. on. Wow, so wow, wow, do wow, you wow. see the irony that her name is Chili? Yeah, because it's about peppers. peppers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. job, it's team. Whole thing. Yeah. Um, Chili is actually really, really good. She'll usually hit on the smell right away. It's actually really cool to watch her because sometimes as soon as she picks it up, she'll whip around and head straight for it. So with the help of Chili, they've been able to actually – fix their pest problems with these peppers and this is not just about the peppers aj you know this is a new a brand new way of keeping crops pest free this um, dog is saving a family business it's saving the american dream yeah uh the the insect i forget oh uh the pepper weevil um it caused over 75 million dollars in damages to nature fresh farms um so now with the help of Chili and hopefully other dogs like Chili, across the country, we will be able to keep crops pest-free uh, more efficiently and hopefully be able to reduce the use of pesticides in our foods. Two questions to the story. Yes, sir. Uh, number one, and you may not know the answer to either of them. Uh, we'll see. Number one, where is this? This is in, uh, let's see, uh, Leamington, Ontario. Oh, it's Canadian. Yeah, Canada's pretty cool. Well, I but don't. I don't even care. Then it doesn't. Even, well, it, there's, it's not even the American dream they're saving. They're saving the Canadian dream. Yeah, right now. But this is, like I said, this is the first first time that this has ever been done. And now that it's been done, everyone can do it. And second question. Yeah. What What does the dog do? It just like smells where the what like what peppers the pests are in. Yeah, it can find the biggest concentrations of the weevils and. Uh, sniff them out very mm. efficiently and then they can come and get rid of the pests that's gonna they just gotta follow the dog follow, i mean follow your nose to the f weevil taste that i get i'm shows. thinking you're really stretching to prove to me that the world is a great place Colin. what come on this is awesome <laughs> no we're totally working against the use of dangerous pesticides in our foods what does the dog like attack the pests no too? it just finds them and then we get rid of them I I I I mean it's better than a huge crop dust of dangerous pesticides, okay? I suppose, but th but now we're just going to be putting dogs in manual labor. We already do that. Oh, we so we are actually monsters. All right, what's your story, AJ? Yeah, let's actually. I'm I'm feeling a roll on the happy stories. <laughs> Keep me rolling on some happy stories okay. if you got some. I can't All wait right. for space. If if we have if oh, we I do space. have I do have a good space story. Well, it's it's not that interesting, but it's a fun little one. Don't, do you want do you want it right now? Or do oh you want no, it at the tease end? me with the space story. Let's get something else first. Okay. Uh. Okay. This one's cool. Uh. This one comes from. Uh. Uh, this one is on thegoodnewsnetwork.org, one of my favorite go-tos. <laughs> um, so there's a, this one's just a nice little happy little story. So there's a park in, uh, let's see, the Great Smoky Mountain Range in Tennessee. Well, at least this one's in America this time, uh, Colin. Shut up, AJ. Just let me tell this story. Uh, the Great Smoky Mountain Range in Tennessee, it's the most visited national park in America, and they have started putting... 
uh, devices around the park uh, for colorblind people to look through so that during autumn they can see the changing colors, even if they're colorblind. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, it's pretty It's uh, pretty nice. Uh, a, a quote from one of the colorblind visitors to the park, uh, he says, it's how I imagine the differences between here and heaven. I feel like now I know why people come from miles and states around just to see this. It's opening people's eyes to the true beauty of nature, AJ. What do you have to say about that? What's bad about that, AJ? Nothing. Just kind of, you know, kind of like a pretty, like, a small operation, if you it's know what I'm saying. It's a short side story, many, AJ. How many people are going to be touched by this, you know? A few colorblind people, and that's all it takes to make the world a better place. You know, I, I guess you're one of them glasses half full kind of guys. Get out of here. I mean, I'm That's glad. the point of the I'm show. I'm happy for them. That's the point of the show. Uh, I Okay, here's one for you. Try this one on for size, AJ. <laughs> okay. Uh, Have you ever heard of the Peaceful Revival Foundation? No, but it sounds hippy-dippity. Uh, well, Nigeria oh. is... The is Africa's most populous country. I knew that. Uh, its two leading religions are Christianity and Islam. And uh, in the Kaduna state of Nigeria, um, people have been experiencing ethno-religious conflict in recent years. This sounds like one of my stories. I know. But the Peaceful Revival Foundation of Nigeria has made strides in southern Kaduna, bringing different religions and ethnic factions together. So that's good. It's a whole foundation starting in Nigeria, but, you know, this definitely promotes peace um, between uh, religions and ethnicities. Um, and it's something that could hopefully be spread throughout Africa and perhaps even the Middle East. Well, that's And good. even the West, because there are, you know, ethnocultural differences and struggles between all people everywhere. And I like the story. There's a few quotes from this that uh, that I really like from, let's see, the founder of the foundation... Um, his name is, uh, Pastor Johanna Buru. Cool name. Um, he says, Peace Revival for the past five years, six years now, has been going to Southern Kaduna trying to talk to people, meeting, meeting with traditional rulers, uh, meeting with community leaders, and meeting with ethnic groups and other NGOs, talking to them, trying to source our problem. And, uh, I think that's really good, AJ. Yeah, I think these are strides that need to be taken. I think it needs to start small, and we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I hope it all works out. But what are we going to talk? I mean, I just can't wait for um, when it's when it's when it's March, and I'm here telling a story about how several volunteers from this peace organization are kidnapped and being held for ransom. Shut up, AJ. That's not going to happen. The world is beautiful. I don't want it to happen. I hope no one is harmed. I hope that they succeed with their with their with their goal and mission, but as I know how the world <laughs> works, they probably won't. Shut up. And uh, That's why you're the pessimist. You uh, just got to have hope. I'm not a pessimist, Colin. I'm a realist. I look at the evidence, and I'm like, oh, this is probably what's going to happen, and I'm usually right. Well, Do you got space up. for us, Colin? I got space. Give you me some space. space. All right, here's my – hold on. Let me get my space story. Uh, this is my last story of the day. I know you have more, right? I do. Okay, I guess we're going to be ending it on a sad note today. Well, no, no. I'm ending on a current events note, actually. Okay, so, AJ, do you remember uh, when New Horizons, uh, the probe uh, from NASA, 
uh, two years ago, it passed Pluto for the, f- and it was our first like close up image of Pluto. I feel like I do. Yeah, you I feel like that? And there was a Neil, whole hype because yeah. it was like, oh, there's a little heart on Pluto. I remember Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that same probe, um, is uh, about to be. Uh, passing an oddly shaped ice-covered object four billion miles away, and it will be the most distance object ever explored by a spacecraft. Um, so it will be passing um, that object, which does not have a name. It currently goes by f- uh, four eight six nine five eight twenty fourteen mu six nine. They should just call it icy. Well, maybe they can call it icy because this article is about the. Uh, the NASA is having a little not survey. I don't know what the what the word I'm looking for here, but the, you can name it. Uh, you can go online. The link uh, for this will be on our Facebook page and on our SoundCloud uh, page for this episode. You can go and you can uh, suggest <gasps> names for this uh, space object um, because uh, uh, some of the suggest suggestions include pluck, which is lame. They want to name it maybe after a nut. That's what. NASA's thinking, and uh, I think that those aren't really good ideas, so I think that everyone should go and put in some cool ideas for names, and Uh, then we'll have a cool name for this little thing. I have a good idea. What is it? It's a name that is relevant because it refers to ice, and it's also going to be um, bringing attention to our home, Edinburgh University, some much-needed publicity, some positive positivity. We'll call it... The Frosty Scott. The Frosty much, Scott. Much like the the fantastic eatery on campus, the Frosty Scott. Yeah, where you can get ice cream on campus. Yeah, so yeah. hashtag the Frosty hashtag Scott. Hashtag the Frosty Scott. That's what I will be going to name it. Yeah. I'm going to give my university, you know, I'm, I'm going to support my university by making NASA name an ice chunk <laughs> after something on campus. You can go to Facebook. Oh, uh, I wanted to mention this. Polls. Uh, polls close at 3 p.m. Eastern on December 1st. That's so um, far away. NASA has not guaranteed that it will go with the most popular option, <laughs> and that is because they're trying to avoid a Bodie McBoatface situation. If you remember Bodie McBoatface no. or Goosey McGooseface or Schooly McSchoolface, these are all things that had polls for people at large to name important things. And uh, they all ended up getting named things like Bodie McBoatface. So they don't want this to be called Rocky McRockface. And so if that wins, they will probably not choose that. It'll one. probably be something like John Cena. Yeah, John Cena the or just, uh, just John Cena. Dwayne the Space Rock Johnson or something. <laughs> but it's not even a rock; it's just ice. Well, it's a, it's like an icy rock. Oh, an icy rock. Ice. Is it a it's frosty an rock? Object. It's a frosty Scott. Oh, it's a it's a it's an ice covered object. Must like a yep. quality milkshake that you can get at the frosty <laughs> Scott. <laughs> yeah, I located guess so. on Embro University's campus. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it doesn't have a good name. You you can go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash cry till you laugh. Um, uh, leave us a like while you're there if you want to. Um, and yeah, but that, you'll please. be able to find the link for uh, the poll so that you can enter your own suggestion. And if you don't have a Facebook, you can also find the link on soundcloud.com slash Edinburgh now and find this episode. Today is the 7th of November, and so it's called Cry Till You Laugh. Uh, 10, uh, no, eleven seven seventeen is what it'll be called on SoundCloud. Hashtag Frosty Scott. We're going to go on a quick break real quick, guys. We're going to come back to our last segment of the show. We're going to be talking about current events and politics. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Hashtag Frosty Scott. 
You're listening to the student voice of Edinburgh University, 88.9 WFSE, Edinburgh. Welcome back to Welcome back. Variety Laugh Podcast. Mm, I'm feeling ready for the final segment of the show, Colin. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty ready for it, AJ. All right, Colin. So we're going to talk about something. It's kind of big in the political world right now. I don't know if you know that much about it, but it's kind of a big deal. Um, Donna Brazil, who is a high-profile person in the Democratic Party, huge pundit. She goes on the news a lot. She was before all this stuff happened, she was on CNN a lot as a, a political commentator. Smart lady, has her faults, whatever. She has a new book coming out called Hacked. Hacked, it has some byline. Um, I believe it's somehow the Russians and other other stuff helps uh, Donald Tr- put Donald Trump in the White House. But to preclude that, she wrote an article article on Politico, which is still at this very point a highly sought. Uh, what's the term on Google? It's like highly viewed or whatever. Like if you type yeah. something, like highly viewed article yeah. still yeah. right now. Um, like it's trending. I'm just gonna call tell you the i the um title of the article inside Hillary Clinton's secret takeover of the DNC. Go on. Well, oh, well that's a shame. Oh. Um, it's basically an article, and in it. Donna Brazil, she um, illustrates how Hillary Clinton's team allegedly, this is all allegations, um, used their influence to quote unquote take over to how they took over the um, primary process. Um, The byline of her article is called, When I was asked to run the Democratic Party after the Russians hacked our emails, I stumbled onto a shocking truth about the Clinton campaign. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not going to read this whole article. If anybody would like or is interested, I recommend it. Just type in Politico, Donna Brazil. You'll find it pretty easily. Um, She's basically talking about how when she went into, when she was put what happened with Donna Brazil is that the previous DNC head, her name was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she was she had to resign from disgrace from her position, mostly because of another scandal involving Bernie Sanders during the primary. Mm. And Donna Brazil came in as an interim DNC head. Basically, she was going to be a transitional leader until election was held for the new head. Yeah. She went into the position, and what she learned is that the um, party was, I believe, $30 million in debt. Oh, wow. $15 million in bank debt. And what she learned is that the Hillary Clinton campaign, and of course this is all allegations at the moment, none of this is is um, is um has been proven fact, but the, Clinton, the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign came in, basically started running, the, came in, paid for the DNC's bills, and started fronting the costs for the DNC. So basically oh. saying... You know, all your bills, give it to us. We'll mm-hmm. pay for it. We'll mm-hmm. do all that. But we are going to be in charge of your operations because we're paying for it. Oh. Simple enough. And that seems okay. like, you know, that seems like a fair way to put things. The only problem is is the uh, DNC is a political organization mm-hmm. that's tasked with, you know, um, setting up debates, giving out um, money to the candidates for their campaigns. It's supposed to be a pretty... Uh, pretty neutral source mm-hmm. a pretty uncompromising source and to hear that um 
there are allegations now coming from Don Brazil, who was a Hillary Clinton supporter. Yeah. Um, came out and she basically is saying, no, this whole thing is, in her own words, um, you know, rigged or controlled by Hillary Clinton. And things have become a little bit worse for the Democratic Party when um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Warren, one of the more famous uh, senators on the Democratic side, um, big thing last year when uh, she got into a confrontation with Mitch McConnell about talking on the floor, that became a big thing. She became a bit of an idol for a lot of people. Um, on CNN with Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper asked her if she was, um, if she believed the uh, Democratic primary was rigged in any way against Bernie Sanders in favor of Hillary Clinton, and she responded yes. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, there's been a big rift in the Democratic Party about Bernie supporters who don't want to have anything to do with the party, don't want to donate to the party anymore, seeing that this is how its operations are done, and Clinton supporters who think this is divisive and not needed right now, and maybe not even a story to begin with. Um, I'd say it's most certainly a story. There's no way it's not a story at this point. There seems yeah. to be more and more evidence that there seems to be some sort of rigging of some kind. Now, it seems to be a pretty – if what Donna Brazil says is true and all of her allegations, which, again, please read her article on Politico for more details. Um, and maybe if you want, you know, go buy her book that's coming out yeah. in a week. Um but it would, would certainly give more insight. It would probably be the biggest um, corruption scandal of our lifetime because yeah. if what she yeah. said is true, they basically did everything except go into a polling station and change votes. What do you think? Um, do you think that in our near future we'll have any uh, large developments to either confirm or deny these allegations? Oh, I'm sure it's. Uh, uh, I'm assuming once her book comes out and when there's more mm. information about mm. it, but there's all there was going to there were um, a few they never went far enough, but there were um, some legal cases. There were a few times where, on behalf of Bernie Sanders supporters, lawyers sued um, polling stations in New York because they were shut down or closed down. And who oh. knows? I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of legal um, suit brought against the uh, Democratic National Convention because it is just an organization. They can be sued. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Is anyone going to go to jail for it? Probably not. Um, but it's gonna. there's going to be a, a huge hit taken to uh, the uh, reputations of not only the Democratic National Convention as an institution, Absolutely. but perhaps maybe even Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, John Podesta, who was the guy whose emails leaked and he kind of came into the news because of that. Um, but I don't know. Um, I, I I can also see this just kind of going over the way because there's so many scandals all mm-hmm. the time yeah. with the president. Th- and that's what I was wondering. That like... it might just get pushed to the side. And that's probably going to be by design. I'm sure the people that who, if this scandal is true, the people that who would be um, uh, vindicated want this to be brought more into the forefront. But the people who are going to come out with their uh, hands in the cookie jar because of the story. Obviously, don't want they wanted to get lost in the news cycle. Yeah, they'd re- it's probably easier for them to, you know, uh, just sort of help it along and falling by the wayside rather than, um, you know, trying to defend because especially, mm-hmm. especially 
uh, should the allegations be true, it'll be easier to sort of ignore it than it than it would be to defend against the truth. And we've already seen that happening. We have establishment people in the DNC, people like um, the uh, Virginia governor mm-hmm. uh, saying that nobody cares about this story. There are people online, Twitter. I was all over Twitter about this. It seems that the uh, talking point is going to be that this is very divisive and that this isn't necessary right now in the age of when we need to of when the uh, Democratic Party needs to fight Donald Trump and there can't be this major rift. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see it going away. I can see it being kind of quiet for a little bit, but we've had probably the most major Democratic senator right now um, say that, yes, it was rigged, and that's caused its own little major rift. I'm curious to see what this is going to do for the uh, Democrats. Yeah. Um, we're most certainly going to have a follow-up story in the next couple weeks after the full book comes out, and we'll yeah. see what the damage control is at the moment. Yeah, stay tuned, and we'll see, we'll I mean, see what happens there. Yep. Her article was written five days ago, and it's already caused this much uh, insanity in the political world. So we'll see. Uh, we'll uh, come back to you next week when there's more information on the story. But right now, I just got to end it with, if this is true, it's really scary if an election can be mm-hmm. this easily um, manipulated by Very an scary. Group. Very it, scary. It's, do you have any opinions? What's your opinion of, like, do you think Hillary Clinton— and her people would – would you not put it past them to rig something like this, or what do you think? Or um, do you need to read more, more I about would definitely it? need to read more. Um, I guess at this point I feel like I could see it being true, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it turned out to just be a big – Big hullabaloo. Big hullabaloo, yeah. Sens- sensationalizing. Yeah, I would definitely need to need to read more into it before I had a real opinion of whether I think it's true or not. All righty, Colin. Well, this is the last story of this day, and I am excited because do you know what today is, dude? Is today election day? It is local elections and all that business. I would have been a lot more uh, excited when I was like in high school because I don't know if it was where when when I was in school, Mm -hmm. my school was a polling place. So was mine. So they usually shut down school. Actually, I don't think my high school was, but my middle school and grade school was one building, and that was. My high school was a uh, polling place. Yeah. I, actually, all my schools were my elementary, my middle. Wow, there, why were there so many places for people to go polling? Actually, my my high school might have been, now that I think about it. I don't really remember. <laughs> well, which high school did case, you go to? Uh, Collegiate Academy in Erie. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, but no, it's election season, and here in Erie, things are heating up. Um, before we even go into the candidates, though, I want to know, um, do you know anything about – because right now there's the big um, – the big um, positions for um, office right now are mayor mm-hmm. and county executive. Do you know anything about any of the two major candidates? Nope. Do you even know their names? Nope. And this is interesting. This is why I wanted to say this. I feel like your attitude is probably the attitude of most people, yeah. especially our age. Maybe yeah, older people. Like I should know. Maybe older citizens probably know more about this stuff. But oh, I'm sure. Um, I, I feel I'm like... I'm a new voter. That is true. I, don't, I, I haven't... I'm not used to actually being informed about my local representatives, et cetera. Right. Which I should be. You know, a lot... Plenty of people my age are, uh, but, you know, unfortunately, I have not taken the initiative to educate myself. Oh, no. I, I, I'm, I, I disagree, Colin. I think you're like most people, actually. The, yeah, this wasn't a segment where I Perhaps. was trying to, I was trying to, like, put you on the spot and berate you. I, I'm trying <laughs> to point out, I think... I think most people are like you, where they uh, 
don't know much about what's going on. Which is unfortunate for sure. Is it unfortunate? Uh, I would say so, yeah. I think an educated public is uh, far far more effective <laughs> than a public that doesn't know what's going on in their local politics. It's better to be involved. What do you think it is? Do you think it's more the fault of the individual, or do you think the media and you know the uh, maybe even the parties and the candidates themselves uh, don't do enough to outreach to people? I think that uh, the media and the and the candidates could reach out more, but I think in the, at the end of the day, it comes down to the people because uh, whatever the media is interested in and whatever the candidates are doing, um, the the people are the most important part, and if if people don't do their part, like I don't do my part to stay educated and stay on top of local politics, uh, then it can sort of fall apart. That's interesting. I think you're giving yourself a bit too much blame. I actually blame it more on like the media and the uh, candidates themselves. Like, can you remember? I don't think any mayoral candidate came down here to talk about their issues or anything or any of the representatives. Uh, I don't think so. But if they did, maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's the fault of someone else because I didn't know about that at all. Yeah, me um, neither. So, Colin, yeah. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the people okay. running, just, just yeah. ever so slowly. So for people, this is your choice, 2017. Get out there and vote. <laughs> Get your little I Voted sticker, which they do not give out. Oh, what? I go voting. I have never once gotten a sticker. Wow. I'm going to buy some stickers and hand them out to people. And they used to do, like, buttons back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like they would give you buttons. Those were the good old days. Yeah, the good old days yeah. before the internet. <laughs> uh, oh, that's actually a horrible time. Could you imagine a before time before the internet? The internet? Uh, barely. Uh, like that that did exist. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Scary. Most of the most of time <laughs> is before the internet. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> I was trying to be pointing, and you're like, wow, that was a really stupid thing. <laughs> sorry. Well, this year we have Democrat Joe Schember, 66, an old dog, going against the young buck, John Persinger, 36. The mm -hmm. winner of this race is going to replace the three-term Democratic mayor, Joe Sinnott. I guess he just decided not to uh, run again. Uh, the Democrat, Schember, he's a former Erie City Councilman and a retired PNC Bank Vice President. So, you know, he's running on his whole, you know, I've worked in the banking industry. Mm -hmm. I know what to do to invest in yep. the city, blah, 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 all that stuff. He Makes promises sense. to improve the city's climate for job creation. He's going to focus aggressively on implementing the Erie Refocused Comprehensive Development Plan. Which does what? Do I do know? not know. Wow. And this article doesn't really tell me what it is. Well, I'm that's assuming, a shame. I'm assuming it's probably something that's not that important and it's never been implemented because they don't even explain to me what it is. Yeah. Or it could be something important and this article's trash. No, this is coming straight from Go Erie. Oh. Yeah, they're a fine source for local Erie news. Well, where am I going to learn more about it? Uh, his website, I don't know. Well, the election's today, so... <laughs> Rats. <laughs> um, John, the Persinger, he's a lawyer. This is the Republican candidate. He's a lawyer at uh, uh, a law firm. I don't want to say what it is. I don't want to, like, you know, give publicity or anything to that. But he is a lawyer at a law firm. Uh, this would be his first time running for public office. Mm. Uh, he's going he, – he's in a, quite a position. He needs to overcome a three-to-one Democrat to Republican um, registration ratio in the in the uh, state, mm -hmm. or that, that, well, that, not, that would be a feat. Yeah, in the city and in the state. Well, he doesn't even worry about the state, but it, mm -hmm. just the city. Um, his campaign is focusing on boosting the city's population, improving its schools, community policing, and hiring more city police officers. Working to learn jobs and new businesses, and 
he pledges to demolish or rehabilitate 1,000 city properties within three years. Then again, this article doesn't also really go into his plans at all. And hey, maybe neither of them really go into detail about their policies at all. That seems to happen a lot during election races. Um, Erie County Executive. This race pits the incumbent Democrat Kathy Dahlkemper. Of course. 59 against the Republican mm-hmm. Art Oligary, 65. Mm-hmm. Oligary's running as, and he's an outsider. He's got big plans, businessman. He's going to come in there. He's going to shake things up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dahl Camper, she's touting her work. You know, she's introduced a public radio system. Mm-hmm. She's done all this stuff, and she knows how the system works, and she has great plans and all that. And, you know, they the, all these candidates want your votes. Yeah. Any opinions on any of these candidates, Colin? Dahl Camper's jewelry connection. Sorry. I can't think about Kathy Dahlkemper without thinking of that jingle. I don't even know. I'm not from here, so I don't know these things. It's a jewelry thing. Don't worry about it. Well, uh. <laughs> it is election day, and if you plan on uh, voting, and if it's important to you, please go on out there and vote. Um, if not, you can stay home and eat some eat some, eat some, some cheeseburgers. <laughs> it's up to you. And yeah. go, on, go on a walk. It's a nice, go chill a day. Go to a polling place. Yeah, hey, hey, I see what you did there, but uh, that'll be it for us this week, guys. Pokemon on the... go to the polls. Thank you, Colin. You're welcome. Oh, I get flashbacks just <laughs> thinking about that. But thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Cry to Laugh podcast. Yeah, we'll thanks for tuning in. Next week. Yeah, mm-hmm. visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cry till you laugh. Leave us a like. You can uh, listen to us every Tuesday at 2 o'clock on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio, or you can stream live from any computer uh, at edinburghnow.com and listen to the radio station. Uh, you can also find all of our episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash edinburghnow. Look for the Cry Till You Laugh podcast. And uh, that's all, folks. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Hashtag, <laughs> stupid. hashtag Frosty Scott. Hashtag Frosty Scott. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.